I'm Dr. Margaret Contra-Sutton of Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. Did you know that skin cancer is the most prevalent of all cancers and that over 1 million Americans will develop skin cancer every year? Develop a regular routine to inspect your body for any skin changes. If any growth, mole, sore, or skin discoloration appears suddenly or changes, please call Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics to schedule a skin check. This is Inspired Interviews, and I am your host, Katie Kinsella-Bowles. This podcast is sponsored by Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. Today, we have Barbara Bartle with us. Barbara served as president of Lincoln Community Foundation for 12 years, lifting our community as a visionary, leader, and change maker. She has nearly 50 years of experience in fundraising, program development, public engagement, and teaching. She was the president of the Foundation for Lincoln Public Schools for 18 years and is on boards such as the Chancellor's Board of Counselors for the University of Nebraska Medical Center and the Lead Center for Performing Arts Statewide Advisory Board. Barbara is past president of Lincoln Rotary Club 14 and Lincoln Rotary 14 Foundation. And this month, she completed her service as the Rotary 5650 District Governor. Barbara believes there is a core of love inside each of us, attributing successes to the Lincoln community and those who work beside her. Her favorite time is spent with husband Bob and their three children and families. Just ask her about her seven grandchildren. So I can't start this without asking about your seven grandchildren. (laughs) Well, we're so fortunate that um, we have a wide range um, from probably 22 to our youngest is four. Oh. So we have fun events in the summer. We just had, we call it Camp Nebraska. Our youngest, our four-year-old who lives in LA was just here for a week. So he has mini Camp Nebraska by himself because he's so, he's young. But our four oldest will be here in about 10 days and uh, they'll be here for a week. And this is our 11th year for Camp Nebraska. So we have just a great time. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. So where are you camping? Well, we don't actually camp, but... Um, <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> um, we are... This is going to be very fun. Um, we're going to try to write a book, a children's book. And uh, so for two mornings, uh, we'll be with a, a woman that helps children write books. And then each one of them will have a lesson. Um, our One will have a cello lesson, one's going to have a piano and a voice lesson, and one's doing art, and one is learning to make crips. So um, that's kind of our educational component. And then they love to go to Nebraska City and um, Mahoney State Park, um, the new luminarium in Omaha. So, well, it'll, it'll be fun, and it goes... For me, way too fast. So, well, I kind of want to go to Camp Nebraska. <laughs> That's what my children <laughs> say too when they send the kids. <laughs> right? They're like, "Mom, can we please have a Camp Nebraska too?" Um, so, tell me about retirement. Well, it's been busy so far, but I planned it that way because I, you know, I just thought it would be difficult with a cutoff date, and um, I thought about being district governor or. or applying to be district governor for quite a few times. Some of my friends have been district governors. And so um, that was just a really nice transition to have that this year to go to. And it was um, an amazing year. I I loved it. We have 39 
Rotary Clubs in our district. And uh, one of the requirements is that I visit each district, each club. Um, so I was in, you know, a lot of communities in this, in the, it's eastern Nebraska and western Iowa, our district is. And so I've just had a wonderful year being in such great small communities with people working so hard to make their communities vibrant. What a, I, that sounds like a perfect segue out, of, you know, or into retirement. Is there something that you miss that you didn't maybe foresee you would? Well, I don't know that I didn't foresee it, but I knew in part of the decision of when do you retire, it's it, it's hard to give up. Um, I really love the community development component uh, at the Community Foundation. And, um, you know, that was one big change in community foundations across the country about the time I came in 2010. Um, really, uh, historically, Community foundations had done development and working with donors and then making grants from the gifts the donors contribute to the community. The community leadership role, because community foundations are neutral, they don't represent a specific institution, um, they're really great um, organizations to provide community leadership. And so where originally maybe we were just reactive with what grants other people wanted, um, with community leadership, we could actually be convening and bringing people together and to um, spend time together to develop ideas and, and the needs in our community and then address them. So that was, um, I loved that component and I knew I would miss it and I do. <laughs> right. What's your favorite part of retirement? Um, I think the, um, the flexibility. I like to be busy. So, you know, and I like to be with people. Um, when I did my strengths finder, connector continues to be a top um, t uh, skill set. So um, I like to be with people yeah. and connecting. I really love to connect. Um, being with people I know is going to be important as I go forward. Um, and then service. And, um, you know, my mother lived to be 100. And... Um, What's interesting when you have that gift is you never stop learning from your mother. And what I could see is how important purpose is in our life. And, you know, you, you always have to have purpose. And so, you know, that's so um, having the freedom to kind of now, because I, being district governor, I, it was very specific work. And um, now just thinking about, okay, you know, what, what do I want to work on? What, what will the, my purpose be as I go forward? So it's exciting to think about that and have flexibility to think about that. Yeah. I was actually chatting with someone here last week about our purpose, you know, and it used to be such an ambiguous term. What is my purpose? I remember thinking about that when I was younger. And now that I have, I guess, more life experience and I'm a parent and I've had a career, I, when I think about what is my purpose, I think maybe I know myself better and the answer might be more obvious, you know, uh -huh. whereas before I wasn't quite sure. But it is, um, sometimes it doesn't need to be as complex right? as we make it. Right. Just, I'm here to do this. You know, I found a, a quote um, that I really love. I think it's Picasso. And he said, the purpose of life is to discover your talents. The meaning in life is to give them away. 
I really love that. I just had chills. Yeah. I love it too. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. I'm going to have to share that with the person I was talking with. <laughs> um, so there's a new generation of leaders in Lincoln um, just over the past, you know, few years. What will be different for them now versus even 10, 15 years ago? I think the one of the um, areas that, that it's so much richer for them is um, that we have done so much in focus on diversity and um, inclusive um, work in our organizations. Um, I, I just think it's a very exciting time. Um, it's that way from really in all sectors of the community, from corporate to nonprofits. Um, to our, our churches, it's just um, very, um, there's tension around that as well. Um, so I think having really great leaders in our community has been a real asset for us um, to work through maybe some of the tensions and uh, keep us moving forward and growing. Um, so that would be one. Um, I think What's interesting is um, it's anyway, it seems to me, and maybe it's always been this way, but it does seem like we've had a lot of retirements um, from of baby boomers. And so it will be interesting, I think, to watch as our um, uh, I guess I'm thinking in the past, it wasn't quite such a, a line drawn as to there was such a, a change all at once. And so you always had wisdom you know, that from the elders. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if that, if there is a void in that, I mean, I don't know that there will be, but it'll be interesting. Um, But so I think that's exciting for the, for the new leaders to um, think about how they're going to to address the future and um, what their um, goals and ambitions are going to be for the community. And, but I think it's just, um, it's there's just so much more diversity than you know when we were starting out um, in leadership, and I just think it's so healthy. I'm excited for the leaders. Um, I think also that there's real opportunity. I guess maybe because I was district governor, and I was in a lot of communities. One of my hopes is that we can do some really great collaborative work, young leaders from across the state will have opportunities to come together, get to know each other and uh, work together beyond their own community. So it's it's an exciting time. I agree. And, and that I, I didn't even think about that part. There was there certainly were a few retirements close together. Um, I there's a chart about different generations and the values and the events that were around in their childhood that might shape them later. So that itself will be different. Uh, You know, I think some of my one of the reasons I've really enjoyed Rotary always has mm -hmm. been the fact there aren't a lot of places where we have intergenerational opportunities. And that's always been a great place or churches are a great place where there's a lot of generations. Um, But there's. Again, you know, we learned in leadership a long time ago is that, um, well, just, you know, again, with the Gallup Strengths Finder, the reason you want to identify all those strengths is because you want all of those strengths at the table. Yeah. And I think the same is true of um, 
you know, making sure that we have, again, all the generations. Representation. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Represented. So. I agree. Um, and I think you might have already pointed to this, but what what advice do you have specific advice or things that perhaps you learned that you would want others to know or? Well, I can say from my perspective, you know, every, everyone right. um, has their own strengths. And um, but for me, um, I've always felt like if pay attention to the opportunities around you. And if an opportunity comes, try to say yes, if at all possible. Um, there's a children's book that I love, um, What Do You Do With a Chance? Mm -hmm. And the upshot is you take it, of course, because it might just lead to something incredible. And so, you know, just be brave, you know, take the chance. Um, not all, not everything always works out. But I would say the, um, you know, if I could go back and say the highlights maybe of the career, you know, a lot of those came from new ideas, trying something new, um, taking a chance, and um, sometimes they work out. Right. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> and if they don't, you learned. You learned yeah. lessons from the times they don't work out. Right. Right. I feel like that is almost a parenting thing, too. I think I have the greatest idea. I'm going to change something. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work. Um, so there's a young woman in our community who knows, you know, she wants to be a leader. This is, she has the strengths. She, she's really into the community, um, has certain gifts and skills. What can she do to develop that path or how can she continue moving down that path? Uh, and moving along her career path. Yes. So, yes. Um, you know, that's probably changed a little bit since I, um, early on in my career, um, you know, what I observed is that um, really it's about building relationships and where can you build those relationships. Um, and so it, it will be different for everyone. Um, early on in my career, golf seemed to be a really big way for people to connect and get to know each other. Um, and I wasn't a golfer, but I thought, I think when I look back, I was on boards, nonprofit boards. And um, that was just a great way when I moved to Lincoln to get to know people, get to meet people, get to meet other leaders in the community. Um, and then so much um, can happen when you can pick up the phone and talk to someone and you have a relationship. Yeah. So, I, you know, I just highly recommend um, for um, young leaders to think about where they can connect. And again, I think those places where there's intergenerational um, opportunities um, so that you're not just talking to your own generation, but that you're talking to, you know, other generations as well and learning from multiple generations. Um, so, you know, trying to get started and, and connect, again, I'm a connector. <laughs> and so that's the way, you know, my path evolved. Um, I know there, there are so many different ways, and really it probably does depend on um, your 
comfort with, you know, building those relationships and um, what your strengths are. And and I do imagine, sure, I remember the golf. Golf was certainly big. Um, and I think Lincoln also now makes it easy. Like we have networking type things. There's young groups. Um, and I shouldn't, I don't know how I forgot to mention this, but great service projects. Mm-hmm. So there are service organizations that are really wonderful, you know, and um, early on I met so many people in sort of a different industry when um, our Rotary Club did a project with um, Habitat mm-hmm. or NeighborWorks. And, you know, so you, it's there are just so many ways to connect. Dive in. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. I was going to ask you about mentors. Um, And when you, I like how you just mentioned, it's good to talk to people who are in different generations. And I think about the mentors that I've had. I've had many. I I moved around a bit um, in my 20s, and I I did have um, older mentors, and I I cherish that. I truly do. There have been men and women mm-hmm. mentors, which is yeah. really, really wonderful. Um, but probably when I moved to Lincoln, the first um, person that really helped me with, with my career was um, Sheila Griffin. And um, Sheila's not with us any longer, but she was a real force when the lead center was opened. And that's where I worked first uh, when I came to Lincoln. Um, I was the coordinator of volunteers, which meant the Friends of LEAD. And uh, Sheila was just a great role model and introduced me to so many people. Um, But I think what happens is there's a transition where, um, you know, for instance, you know, this interview or um, you have an opportunity to um, speak to speak to organizations or um, you know, in that sense, I think you're mentoring, maybe not mm-hmm. one-on-one, but you're mentoring. And then, of course, as your staff, um, you have a lot of uh, people on your staff that you hope that you're men- that you mentor mm-hmm. or you really mentor each other. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. And, um, and then we have great mentoring programs in the community, um, big brothers, big sisters, teammates mm-hmm. um, that are really specifically. And so I was really... Teammates was being formed when I was at the school foundation. And um, Tom and Nancy set that up through, we had a program in Lincoln called Volunteers in Partnership, which was a school business partnership. Oh, okay. And that's what Teammates was. It was a a partnership between the athletic department, the football team, Mm. and the public schools. Okay. That's how it started with those first 20 teammates. But... um, so, you know, I thought if I'm going to be involved in this program, I should be a mentor. Yeah. And it was, you know, again, it's a wonderful program and we're so lucky. It's so successful. But I know they always need mentors. So they do. Uh, Let's think plug about that. being a mentor <laughs> for teammates or big brothers, big sisters. I would also like to mention, so I'm in teammates. I've oh, been in great. teammates twice. Yay. My student is at Northwest. I love her. Uh, the other girl that was my teammate. She's now in nursing and that's what she wanted to do. So it was really fun. Uh, but they need men, yes. you know, cause they match boys with men and, or, you know, yes. male and female. So 
I mean, if you know someone, and I think also the word mentor, like we do mentor each other. I learn something from my teammate every time I, I, I walk away mind blown. She's 17. I walk away mind blown. Um, but I think that there's perhaps a misconception that a mentor has to be someone who's incredibly outgoing, someone who, you know, has, a, okay, a, I don't know, a specific education. That's not it. It's right. just wanting. Well, and so much um, of the program is just being there. Just you know, there. coming every week and just showing up for that person mm-hmm. means so much in a child's life or a young, a young person's life. So, yeah, yeah, it's consistency. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, I understand the Give to Lincoln campaign uh, reached a record breaking eight million. And that was despite the pandemic. It was in the height of that. What do you attribute that to? How did that happen? Well, an incredible community is what it's um, attributed to. And, you know, um, that um, record, which at the time was a record, Mm -hmm. um, the Community Foundation has gone beyond that record, which is awesome. But um, we had just raised in this community um, a million dollars to support COVID needs. And um, so we even debated whether or not we should go forward. If you recall, everything shut down in March. Uh, Gift to Lincoln Day was May. We had raised a million dollars to help with uh, COVID needs. And then we went forward and this community just stepped forward and was phenomenal. It was just incredible. So, Right. And, you know, I think Gift to Lincoln Day, if you've grown up in a small town, which many of us have, um, on Gift to Lincoln Day, it feels the most like a small town of any other time um, that I live in Lincoln, because it's like we're all doing this together and we get rolling with this. And people, you know, I think people get excited. They talk about it. Talk to your neighbors. Let's do this. Let's break the record. You know, I just think that, that we have a really wonderful momentum around this, and it's taking care of each other. Yes. Yeah, I think um, our community certainly does take care of each other. And I think perhaps during during COVID, we had a heightened sense of sensitivity to the needs that people had. Uh, and I think a lot of the needs were already there, but it's just, it, it finally something might have hit for more folks than others too. And so I, I, it was a sad thing, but it was maybe a shift for people in general. I had this um, kind of theme that um, of everything, one thing that stands out in my mind about COVID, like the first Sunday after everything closed down, um, Andrew Bocelli was on and he was um, performing from Italy in this just incredible space in Italy. And <clears throat> when the cameras came in, they came through the streets. I mean, everything was closed down. There weren't, nothing was moving. And his last piece, he was standing out in front of this incredible, gorgeous space on the 
Um, and he was seeking amazing grace. And, and just when he was singing, was blind, but now I see. Mm. I just felt like that's how we were all feeling. You know, we were so busy, 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 busy. And we everything stopped. And we could see some of the places where we'd not been paying attention. And, wow. you know, and of course, you know, you, you hope that we don't go back to just busyness, but we continue to address those areas where we were blind, but we were really, because everything stopped, we could focus on those areas. So again, I think people were feeling that, they were seeing that. Um, and, you know, we got to know our neighbors better and it all certainly kind of came together. Yeah. So we just have to keep it coming together. Yep. Keep, keep that momentum. Right. For sure. So I moved here in 2009. And I think I came more immersed in the community when my son was in kindergarten. I dove into the school stuff. I was, I, my, my kids go to Calvert. I love that community. I, I love it. What's, so for someone who isn't part of our community yet or doesn't feel that, what's, what's an entry point for them? How can they get involved? There are just, you know, so many places Mm -hmm. um, to get involved. Um, And I know that's easy probably for a connector. Um, Yes. Because, you know, but I do think, think about, I think if people think about what do they really love? What are they passionate about? Um, what do they care about? Um, that that's where they could get involved. I mean, if it's gardening, there are places where we need volunteers to help with gardening. If it's, um, you know, if your kids are in school, how could you, you know, help? Um, what, what uh, pick up the playground? You know, there's just yeah. places, every, whatever skill set um, y- you have. And um, it might be baking, it might be your church, um, it might be a service organization, it, you know, it, there are just so many places to connect. But I think if you start and just really um, think about what do you care about, what, um, what, what do you, what's your skill set, what can you bring to the table in um uh, in our community learning center work, um, uh, there's uh, it's called asset-based community development, ABCD, and um, there's a great exercise and be a fun thing to do. Uh, get your neighbors all together, um, and everybody puts on the table things they can do, and you learn about what you know. Oh, I didn't know you so you know so, or I didn't know you bake kolaches and. So everybody um, brings their assets. Um, maybe they paint. Maybe they love to mow lawns, you know. And then you figure out what is what do we need in our neighborhood, and then who could, who could we, you know, connect with that getting that done. So I just think there's so many ways in every neighborhood to get connected, and um, you know, I remember. And sometimes it's not easy for people. Um, or they, uh, for our new immigrants and refugees, they may feel um, uncomfortable. Um, but I remember um, at when I was at the school foundation, one of our elementary schools with a lot of refugees, 
um, they had a grant, and the mothers came together, and they fixed dinner together. And they were just together in the kitchen, and they got acquainted, and they became, you know, they bonded, and they then they started helping with the school. The kids had child care, so the mothers could really have their time. And so I just think if we really focus on how can we help, if people need help connecting, those of us that are connectors, maybe we can help. Um, so there's just so many ways. There's not one answer to mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I think like what you said, some folks might not be as comfortable. I mean, we're both very outgoing people. Uh, and I have seen that, that strengths list that was done at a school. And I think I heard about um, a family and they didn't, they, they weren't very outgoing or didn't, but there was something that they loved to give. And I think it was an enriching experience for everyone. You don't have to be talking to folks all the time at meetings or go to gatherings. And right. for me, I'm going to be honest, I don't bake. I'm the worst person to task with a potluck, like terrible. But, you know, all of us have different skills and things we're comfortable with. So just everyone will meet you where you are. You know, I mean, this is 2023. We don't all have to be good at everything. Right, right. So, yeah, I think um, there are a lot of opportunities in right. this community. And, you know, maybe even think about connecting um, at a place that you don't know very well. You know, maybe you're very connected in the community, but, you know, um, you know, maybe you want to get to know the new Afghans in the community and think, how could you connect? How could you become neighbors to a new group of folks that you don't know? Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I just... That might even be um, that might be a new challenge for all of us to think about is how could we get how could we connect to somebody um, that we've never met right before? I think you're right. I, I, I we tend to surround ourselves sometimes more often with people who might look or have the more same shared experiences with us. And I think the growing um, and the beauty is when you become close with someone who is very different right. than you. Right, right. Uh, and you share together. That's the, share that's together. that beautiful of the asset-based community development is you're both sharing, you're sharing together. It's not like someone is, uh, you know, giving you something. It's you're both, you're yeah. sharing it together. Yeah. You're, you become friends. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you some rapid fire questions and there's no right or wrong answer. These are just fun. Get to know Barbara questions. All right. I promise they're fun. <laughs> okay. You're hosting all the grandkids or maybe half of them at your home for movie night. What snacks are we getting? Oh, well, ice cream. They all know grandma's a sucker for ice cream. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what time of the day. You can have ice cream for breakfast. Um, ice cream. Okay, perfect. That's awesome. Ice cream for <laughs> breakfast. They love coming to your house. Uh, what is your favorite song to either sing or listen to? Well, when Bob and I met, um, Lionel Richie was hot. Mm -hmm. So it would probably be just for uh, romantic reasons. It'd probably be Lionel Richie. That's great. I love Lionel Richie. Yeah. I had Lionel Richie tapes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your best vacation? Oh, or one I love, year. Yeah, one. I love to travel. <laughs> um, 
Well, I could just say we just came back from um, the Rotary International Convention and we're in New Zealand and Australia. And um, that was a long trip for us. So, I mean, we were gone close to a month. So that was that was an incredible trip oh, yeah. for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have any pet peeves? Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um it's, Thank you of your favorite one. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's no, it's. I'm just smiling at all the people that know what my pet peeve is. Um, it's really difficult uh, for me to get no. Oh, and um, you know, because I just think we can all try to collaborate and partner and make something work. So when someone doesn't want to try to make something work, and is just you know no, that's very difficult. Creative. But someone told me once that um, the first no doesn't mean it won't be yes eventually. So, I think I've heard that too. yeah, yeah. I've also heard no is a complete sentence. Oh, oh well, then that's that's my pet peeve. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, you're going to do something nice for yourself. A little treat doesn't need to be anything huge. What what are you going to do to treat yourself? Oh, I probably like. A pedicure. That's a good one. Yeah. Very good. That's a treat. That is a treat. I would do that for myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really thank you for being here with me today. It's well, absolutely an honor. It's great to be here. And I'm so honored to be here. Yes. So and get to know you better thank too. You. Thank you. So thank you for asking me. Yeah, absolutely. Today's Inspire podcast is sponsored by three incredible women and board certified dermatologists. Dr. Margaret Contra Sutton, Dr. Lee Sutton, and Dr. Liz Sutton of Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics. Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics physicians and providers are expert leaders in the fields of dermatology, skin cancer surgery, and medical aesthetics. Call 402-484-9009 or visit suttonderm.com to schedule an appointment with Sutton Dermatology and Aesthetics today.